Good morning. Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Brandy Fine. Fine Time for Healing is a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So relax. We have a great show for you today. Are you an adult child of narcissistic abuse who struggles with silencing your inner critic? Today, we will be discussing the narcissistic family dynamics that may have contributed to the negative voice in your head, the one that you cannot seem to let go of. Today's special guest, the psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, Christiana Davidson, will be exploring the unique family dynamic of love bombing, intermittent reinforcement and discard, and offering ways to silence that destructive critical voice in your head Christiana Davidson is a, as I said, psychotherapy, hypnotherapy specialist based in London, UK, who helps adult children of narcissistic parents be free to live their lives with purpose and passion, with a particular interest in the effects of narcissistic parenting, attachment, and codependency. Okay, good morning, Christiana. Welcome. Welcome back. Good morning, Randy. Yeah, welcome back. It's Thank so you. It's lovely to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's so great. We always have really wonderful shows and we get a we lot do. of good feedback about the shows. So, um, great. so it's exciting to have you back. Okay. So we're talking about the dysfunctional patterns in the narcissistic family system. Mm -hmm. And uh, why do you think that we come out with this inner critic? Mm. Well, this is one of the gifts, <laughs> one of the gifts, the many gifts that um, being brought up in a narcissistic family leaves us with. Um, and I'm saying that sarcastically, obviously, because it's it's really not a gift. Um, you know, what, what ends up happening when you're brought up by a narcissistic parent is that in order to keep yourself safe, uh, in order to keep yourself living up to the idealized version of you that the narcissist is wanting you to be, uh, we end up internalizing the narcissist so that the narcissist then almost takes over control of our inner world. And when I say that, the narcissist then takes the throne inside our mind, so to speak, mm -hmm. and becomes this strong, um, hugely critical um, voice that ends up running our lives. That's why when I <laughs> when I work with clients, you know, I'm I'm always delighted when clients come to me and they say, "Look, I've gone no contact." But now I know I need to do the work because no contact is not the answer. It's a step, but it's not enough because this inner critic is doing the bidding of the narcissist. It's almost like we have a flying monkey <laughs> in ourselves that's, that, that, that keeps us in check. I love the way that you explain that because it really helps us to understand exactly what's happening to us, the way, you know, it, with yeah. that, um, the analogies that you used. Yeah. 
And and the thing is, you see, part of the work of the healing, and we're all already talking about the healing here, but, you know, the wonderful journey to healing is that we become more and more able to hear the voice of the narcissist. And we're able to see, oh, my goodness, that's not the truth. That's that old paradigm. That's the that's the internalized mother. And often clients say to me, you know, I say, you know, whose voice does that sound like? And they're, well, it's my mother. <laughs> you know, there's no hesitation or, you know, oh, it's my father. It even sounds like him. So so, so this inner critic, um, this inner critic that we're left with when we exit a narcissistic family is a key, key area for healing. We have to go there. We have to meet the inner critic and we have to dethrone them and we have to debunk all that they're saying because it's total rubbish to put it sure. very politely right. Right. <laughs> so um so we've heard of you know i think most of us who have learned about narcissistic abuse and narcissism and all that are familiar at least a little bit with love bombing but how does love yes. bombing take place in the family unit you know this is this is a really fascinating area because so much, like we were saying just now, Randy, so much of, of, of what we know about love bombing is always set within the romantic relationship between two adults. Right. But as, as, as we all know, when we're attracting narcissists later in life, generally it means that that is a symptom of an earlier narcissistic relationship that we've been in. Really? Fascinating. Yes, I, you know that, that whether that's sort of gospel truth or not, but that's that that's partly my understanding and and the understanding of some other uh, specialists. Some would argue with that and say it's utter nonsense, um, but I do I do believe that there when when we do look at it, often there is um, a catalyst for being in a later narcissistic relationship. Um, so, so when we look at love bombing, normally we, we, we turn our, our gaze to that adult romantic intimate relationship, but if we're looking at it, in, at it in the context, well, we first learned that love bombing was part of connection, that love bombing was a relationship. Okay. We learned it usually in childhood. Hmm. And so if we are an adult child of a narcissistic parent, we will have grown up with love bombing. And how would that look? And we need to go, yeah. How would that look in the family so, system? In the family system. So it's, it's, it comes down to, I mean, let's say, for example, you, your mother was the narcissist. You would have times with your mother where you were being love bombed and you'd have times where you were being devalued and discarded. And I always say, you know, it's not that we only get bombed with love. We also get bombed with discard. Right, that's true. <laughs> Very true. So we're being bombed all the time, really. Mm -hmm. um, but in the family setup, love bombing is, it can come in so many different forms. For example, um, 
the narcissistic parent might uh, flatter you. Uh, it might come sort of uh, at a moment where it feels a bit awkward. Um, it might be over the top, uh, quite outlandish, that it just feels a bit, a bit sort of uncomfortable. It could come in the form of, I don't know, just a little touch right. and a, a sort of a, a smile. It could be as subtle as just a glance, a knowing glance. Love bombing can come in many guises, but it's always what it does in, in the child is it, it lights the child up. Mm. You know, it kind of, oh, my, my mum is happy with me. Yes. She sees me. I'm she wants she wants me. Um and and so the child is almost set up through this intermittent reinforcement as we're talking about here, you know, to seek out more of that those moments of oh my goodness, yes, I did the right thing. Or look, oh it's made mum happy. She's pleased with me. So insightful, Christy. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, and that is so true. And so how would that correlate to how we would feel in a dating situation? Is it because we feel so loved and, and, loved and accepted? Well, I think, yes, I think that's partly it. You know, in that, that, that first stage where, you know, it's almost like, um, oh my goodness, here's somebody who who admires me, who 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 and who I admire. Yes. You know, and a child does that, you know, with mum, of course, mum is on the pedestal, she's she's God. Um, so here's this person I admire, and oh my goodness, they're giving me that that admiration back. They want me as much as I want them. And, and, and that is just intoxicating because what's happened in childhood is, of course, the child wants that, that um, unconditional love from its parent. That's what we're talking about here, you know, just, you know, adored by the parent. But when there's a narcissistic parent, of course, it's very on off. It's, you know, one minute mummy's loving me, next minute mummy's hating me. Uh, and so that sets up then the pattern for later relating where the adult child will be vulnerable to love bombing because they believe oh finally now I, I found the relief from that relationship with mum that left me feeling so unsure and so confused but here's this relationship now that's going to be the answer to all of that. I'm going to find my relief. I'm going to be loved unconditionally and I can, I can just let go and be healed. And of course, we, <laughs> that never happens because what we're, we're doing is we're setting up a repetition compulsion. So we're setting up the same situation, hoping for a different result, and it never, ever works. And we're left even in, in even more despair and more vulnerability. 
I love the way that you have um, have put this because I don't know that this has been talked about in this way before. So um, I really, really do appreciate your point of view and it makes total sense to me, total sense. Yeah. And I'm sure that those listening, it makes total sense to them because people who have been love bombed and sucked into adult relationships mm -hmm. um, always say, why me? Why did it happen? And, you yeah. know, I guess not, it's not always uh, because they had uh, a narcissistic parents, not always, no. but but, that certainly, yeah. that childhood definitely sets them up for this vulnerability. So mm -hmm. intermittent reinforcement is where they give and they take away. They yeah. give you, so it's never unconditional love, right? Never unconditional. Well, I mean, it's not even love. Right. <laughs> We're well, not talking about love here. Right. Because, you know, the narcissist doesn't love they can only um mimic love and and for them it's a tool it's it's a tool of getting the supply they need yeah. so so it's not actually love when you're growing up with a narcissistic parent it's the most painful realization to come to because you know to, to really sit with that and, and, and understand that even those moments when, you know, oh, mum was wearing her apron and she made that cake and, you know, and she looked at me so lovingly. No, unfortunately, even that was part of this abusive cycle, you know, because it's, you've got to have the love bombing with the discard the two go together it's the same it's the same thing it's the same person it's not two different people you know mum's not one minute the real lovely mum and then the next minute the horrible one that's, that's all mum you know that, right. that's I part say, of how you know, she right I say that um you know in hmm. my opinion yes. um we yeah. don't have a mother we don't have a father, whatever yeah. role they have decided to play to get yeah. the supply that they need. Yeah. It's just a narcissist in that yeah. facade. And so, yes. you know, people get hung up on these words, mother, father, because mm. we think that they, a mother or a father is supposed to love us. They have to love us mm. somewhere mm. deep inside. They love us. And the truth of the matter is they're mm -hmm. just acting and it's really devastating to realize that. Exactly. I love it when you speak about that, Randy, you, you honestly put that so clearly, um, you know, how, how it is actually the same, the same person. It's not two different people. Uh, it's not two, not one minute. They are a lovely mother and the next minute they just have a bad moment. You know, <laughs> this is, this is part of, of, of creating in the victim, in the child, dependence. Because you see what the narcissist has to do, they have to stop the child from self-differentiating, from, from breaking away and becoming an independent being. Now, this is the natural process of becoming a whole um, 
human being with your own separate identity. The narcissist cannot let you have your own identity. So love bombing and discard is a way of manipulating you to adapt yourself, to, 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 to discard your own identity and to adopt the identity of the narcissist. Okay. So whether that's the uh, glorified narcissist self, the false self, or whether it's the, uh, the shameful discarded self, you're going to experience both of those growing up with a narcissist because that is part of their way of intercepting your natural separation and individuation um, and taking, taking, taking you over. What a horrific thing for a parent to do to a child. And so, you know, these people cannot be authentic parents. I mean, if you've had, not. If you have a mother who's a narcissist, there's very little maternal instinct that you could ever recognize. And whatever it is, of course, no. is just um, a facade. Learned. Or an act, learned, right. Learned or, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a behavior that gets them supply. And what I guess is that this works beautifully with young children. Um, it doesn't work so well as children get to be, they begin to forge a self in their yeah. early adolescence. And I find that that's where conflict begins really bad because the parent comes down harder and they're much more cruel when they feel that the child is pulling away and trying to get a self because that's the ultimate threat. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's where the love bomb discard will, will really ramp up often. You know, you'll be discarded and shamed for any sort of sense of assertiveness, mm -hmm. um, any other, other, otherness. <laughs> so, you know, um, stating your own opinion or um, saying no, or, you know, choosing, choosing not to fulfill the image that the narcissist has formed you to occupy. Uh, so that's gonna come down with discard, but you'll be love bombed when the narcissist feels that maybe the balance has gone a bit too far into the discard yeah. because they don't want you you know to to really think well that's it I'm done that they have this kind of really amazing way of knowing just when to whoo, throw in that love bomb again and you're oh goodness I, maybe maybe I'm maybe it's all going to be okay again oh I, yeah maybe 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 I was making too much out of this okay and then you're you're back at square one again and you've been lured back in and it's, you know, with a, with a parent, of course, it's so natural. We want to be, we want to be in those moments where we're close and feeling connected as much as we understand what connection is. Um, and so we are going to be naturally wanting to be lured back in. Right. We, we want to be lured. I know that in my own family, um, friendships created jealousy in my mother and ah. she felt very threatened by friendships because yeah. you know when you're a teenager you just want to spend all your time with your friends 
you want to go to the mall or you want to hang out, you know, at each other's houses. You just want to be with your friends most of the time. And that can be perceived as a, a huge threat. And often um, this is where the, the real, the worst of the criticism comes because yeah. uh, they have to take you down. They have to make you feel horrible about yourself and feel guilty for trying to have a life. Yes. There you go. That's You've hit the nail on the head, Randy. It's guilt. You are made to feel guilty for being, in inverted commas, selfish. Exactly. For putting your life above the life of the narcissist after all she's done for you. Right. So, so that that so um so this is sort of a cycle of of the mm -hmm. love bombing the intermittent for reinforcement and the discard what does the discard feel like oh well it's it's like a the way i i look at it it's like being in love and then the other person not being in love with you anymore but you still feel love and it's 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 soul destroying it's it it it, it really rocks you to the core especially as a child because you see you don't know how long it's going to last and, and often what the narcissistic parent will do is they'll make it last a bit longer each time because you see that gets you scrambling, scrambling to try to rectify it again. What do I need to do to get that moment of hope back? You know, what can I do? What have I done? You know, it's, it's, a, it's another bomb that's gone off, but it's a discard bomb and it's so out of the blue. Um, and, and you're, you're left in shock. Um, I, think, I think that um, it's a mechanism that narcissists use because it does feel excruciatingly painful to a child. And so the ch what the child ends up doing is groveling, apologizing for something they didn't do. I love mm -hmm. you, mommy. I love you, mommy. Let's, you know, let's hug. And they end yeah. up getting excess supply yeah. from it. Yes. And you know that that what you've said there, Randy, you know, the I'm sorry, mummy. I mean, if, those are the words of a narcissistic child, of not a narcissistic child, of a child that's grown up with a narcissistic parent. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, mummy, all the time. Oh, sorry, mummy. Sorry, you've got a headache, mummy. Sorry, I'm, sorry, sorry, you're not feeling well. What, um, sorry, I've made you feel like that. Everything is 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 the child's fault. Well, they believe it's their fault. If mummy's unhappy, I've got to do something. I've got to do something to, to manage that. Right. Because and, my life depends yeah. on it. And a child really believes that they can make that parent happy, um, yeah. which is really an impossibility. You can't make the mother or the father, the narcissistic mother or father happy because they don't have the capacity. They don't have the ability to be happy on their own so no matter and it's always fleeting no sooner do you do it do you do what they want it's as if you've done nothing at all yeah absolutely and you can see how what an impact this would have on later relationships 
I mean, you know, because the, the, the child of the narcissist learns that you can never sit with uncomfortable feelings. Mm. And if there's an uncomfortable feeling in the relationship, you've got to remedy it immediately by any means possible. Because it's 99% of the time it's going to be your fault. So you've got to step in and apologize and somehow bring peace back because that's that's your role. That's that's what connection means. And you've got to make up for being you um, because it's your fault that things are a bit rocky. Well, I mean, this is this just really um, explains so much about the the pattern of yes. that affects us as adult children of narcissistic abuse. We wonder why, why do we do this? Why, why are we so susceptible to this? Why do we act so foolish? Because when we step back and analyze it, it's like, why did I do that? But it's mm -hmm. such a deep seated pattern, isn't it, Christy? It's absolutely. And you see, you, it, and really, this is at the core of things, I believe, because what it does is it, it makes sure that our focus, all our energy, everything is on the narcissistic parent. It doesn't matter whether they're in the room, they're not in the room. We're scanning, we're listening, we're for any signs that we might be in the discard phase or are we in the, are we in the love bombing? We're on the alert, listening out and trying to sort of mitigate or at least be able to plan ahead a bit for what the eventuality might be if you know we hear mum slam the door or oh my goodness okay right I need to jump now because I should have done something maybe I maybe I didn't put that away or you know <laughs> so all our all our energy all our focus uh is on them and that sort of scanning um behavior is something that we also take into adulthood you know you might walk into a room and scan scan the crowd or whoever's in there scan your group of friends and be very alert to see what their reactions are you know oh gosh that one looked a bit pissed off or excuse uh -huh. my language that's okay, that's okay. Um, we all say pissed off <laughs> So, so a child living in an environment like this um, is living in constant fight or flight. They yeah, never absolutely. let down, never let down because they're always on guard. Yeah, absolutely. And then you see, Renzi, even though, even though love bombing is nice, and uh, you know, I, I use that very loosely, right. it's fake and we know it. So even that doesn't satisfy, you know, that even that leaves us longing it does. because that's what this love bombing and discard sets up is the longing for real connection, for, for, for a true, true love from somebody. But we, we are seeking it in that person who cannot give it to us. But there are moments of hope where we think, oh, gosh, maybe, maybe. Right. And that keeps us in it. But then we learn that that is all that is available to us. And that, you know, when, when it comes to maybe meeting somebody who, who we could really love and be loved back, which means being able to be vulnerable on both sides, really, mm -hmm. it's, it can be unattractive. It, it can feel 
like it's lost that kind of high and low and you know we almost seek out that kind of addictiveness yes. um, because that's what we're used to we're used to substitute love and and the real thing just doesn't seem to 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 attract in the way that that kind of you know you're right and it's it's you know it's why it's why we say you know that we're addicted to drama because the drama is what you're speaking of it's the highs and the lows and never know what what to expect and if that's how you've been conditioned your whole life then you need that and then someone comes along who's normal and they don't take you through all this they're just normal it feels boring right really boring because it's you know it's so predictable there's you can just you know you can you don't have to be or do anything mm -hmm. they're pretty predictable themselves it's yeah. yeah there's no no fireworks maybe that's right that's right um so what does a child, how does this affect the child? I mean, we, we know that um, there's no true love. It's, it's all conditional love and, and that the child is forever long, longing for that crumb or, you know, yeah. that, that little thing that they throw, the mother or father throws their way. So um, what is that child going through and how is it affecting them? in their youth yeah well the child will grow up with this sense of you know the core that i'm not good enough just as i am i have to be perfect mm -hmm. um, in order to be loved um and i have to make myself be what others need me to be uh, I'm not good enough just as my as I am and, and that will play out in friendship groups at school you know sort of looking to to the other children in the group who are the peers sort of thing and think okay what must I do now to try to fit in there because I'm not like them I'm not good enough just as I am um, and it will set up this whole sort of people-pleasing paradigm or way of being in in relationship is this what we refer to uh part of what we refer to as codependency is yeah it is isn't it yeah absolutely yes the codependent way of managing one's own feelings <laughs> managing one's own uh inner world that's in turmoil so I need to make I need to make sure that others are pleased with me and that I'm adapting to them to be loved so that I can feel loved, because if I don't do that, I'll be discarded. Um, and that that is the codependent way of 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 being in control, so to speak. Right. You nailed it. I mean, you have nailed this whole process it's um it's brilliant it's truly brilliant so the child feels responsible for the parent's happiness um this doesn't narcissistic parents generally 
focus most on one child. Now, if there's only one child in the family, if it's an only child, that child's going to get this. But in families where there's more than one child, there's usually sort of a, a hyper-focus on one where they really yes. make that child feel responsible for them and guilty for having a self. Yes. Notice that? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I love that you've brought that up because in the family unit, then of course the narcissistic mother is going to use triangulation uh, to reinforce this love bombing discard cycle. So comparison, um, you know, you might, I don't know, let's see, um, for example, you've had a, a, an argument with the narcissistic mother and you haven't, you, she's, she's told you off for doing something. Um, so the, the chosen child will come into, the, come into the, the room where the narcissistic mother is and the younger siblings there. And the narcissistic mother might say something like, oh gosh, you know, you wouldn't do something like that, would you, Jenny? You know, and and of course she's not saying it directly to you, but indirectly she's rewounding you, rediscarding you. Or she might do the same with love bombing. You know, sort of um, not look at one child, and and heap praise and attention on the other with her back to the other one mm -hmm. to show her her displeasure uh, and to get them to come round to doing what exactly what she wants wants them to do and they almost so this is really why um we we say that they assign roles because um they need they need uh different children to do behave different ways and give them different things so um there's always a child that's constantly discarded the love bombing may happen don't you think but it it's far less than they would with the golden child. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so the golden child will be predominantly love bond, but that's not to say that it's any less of an impact because you see, the, the more you are praised, the more painful it is when you aren't. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, the more sort of shattering it can be when when that narcissistic parent turns off the praise right and heaps it on the other child mm -hmm. it can literally be such a, a shock um because the whole the role of the child is at stake then you know that you know is she going to am i have i lost my place you know in the family but that's my identity you know who am i going to be right without this um, and that's and always the threat. That's always the threat to the golden child. Always a threat that you're going to lose your place. Um, and yes. so you learn to step in line, so mm -hmm. you don't. And then for the scapegoat, those you know, out of a, a predominance of discard and devaluing, becomes this moment of wow actually she 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 does like she does love me mm -hmm. you know she does she does i have done something that's pleased her and 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 it's shown up my my brother and sister brother or sister who's the golden child it feels so good mm. finally i'm getting my my chance to be top dog um 
but of course that's that's short-lived but you see that that moment is so so much more powerful for the scapegoat perhaps than it is for the love the child who's been love bombed a lot so yes. it works it works both it keeps both in check and of course you see the, the, the narcissist doesn't do this without any any not expecting anything in return if the narcissist is giving you love love <laughs> there there's got to be something back given back and and this is this is really important i think for, for adult children of narcissistic parents because they've learned that whenever they receive something from somebody else they've got to they've got to give back somehow you can't just receive right that, that doesn't really happen you've got to be giving back you've got to you've got to then drop your boundaries for that person and you know and and be be do things for them or or you know do what they want you to do at the next time you meet because to say no would be you know how could you do that you they've given you this and this makes um, you extremely vulnerable to predators so you know yeah. um i tell people when they say i'm so afraid to get back out there and i'm like the one thing you have to do or ha not do is normally a person gives one thing to you you give 10 back you overdo yes. it right you have to learn to accept when someone does something nice for you and just say thank you and not give back and that is so hard for adult children of narcissistic abuse because that's then they don't know what to do i mean they they have to give but it is a sign to um, a predator that this person is um is the perfect target that they can be brainwashed absolutely and and you know what what you're saying there randy you know that the, the love bombing is about getting the victim to drop their boundaries to sort of allow themselves to open up mm -hmm. that's what the narcissist is wanting in return is that oh dropping the boundaries opening up allowing them to get information mm -hmm. allowing them to to feed so to speak um and then we learn that in relationships in in later life that you know in order to respond to somebody's attention and affection we have to drop our boundaries and just let them have as much as they want you know uh, because that's what you do in return for love you let that person just you don't put in boundaries because that makes people angry yes and that's yeah, showing wow. again once again you really nailed that yes absolutely that's exactly what happens yeah yeah that to, to that sort of to 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 not allow them to to put to keep your boundaries up is actually something quite um unkind to do uh, it's ungrateful and it's it it could really hurt somebody else so that's not what you do in response to being yes love bombed so mm. true so true it really sets us up for very, very difficult um, adulthood because these, these patterns are very, very hard to break. They are. They are extremely hard. However, 
it also, you know, when if we're willing, it, it can be the precursor to us discovering um, our own empowerment. Yes. You know, because with a narcissistic parent, often, often the great victory for the child is to finally see the love bombs and also see the discard bombs and not to be phased, right. not to be manipulated, you know, and, and this is what will happen, you know, when that does happen, when you're able to see it clearly, the narcissist will try every single love bomb they've ever tried with you. They'll try every single discard they've ever tried, but you will be unmoved. You'll be unfazed. Right. And then when, when you encounter something similar as an adult or out in the world, you, you're able to do the same. You're not shaken by the dirty looks. You're not shaken by the bad comments on Facebook. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> right, the criticism you're that people love to heap exactly. upon you. <laughs> In fact, actually, you know, this is what Facebook at its core kind of gets us into is this love bombing discard. You're either being love bombed or you're being discarded and it kind of sets up that addictive cycle, you know, and you keep going back. Oh, how many do they like me? Oh, no, they don't. OK, <laughs> right. Today they don't. Tomorrow they say something nice and, it, and you are at the mercy of those comments. Exactly. It's exactly. I don't think it's very healthy, especially for people who have these dysfunctional childhoods where they've had these uh, love bombing and intermittent reinforcement yes. and discard and everything. Um, so what, in, in essence, we're talking about internal validation versus external validation. Yes. Yeah. Because, so as a child, we're hungry for that external validation. We wait for it. And if we don't get it, we, have, we don't feel validated, mm -hmm. loved, um, accepted, any of those things. And so a big part of healing from this is really learning to internally validate. How do we do that? Absolutely. I mean, that is the core, actually. And I know that that's the work I do with clients. And that's the work you do as well, Randy, you. is, you know, it's to go, the healing from this is to become our own sort of cheerleader our own love bomber mm -hmm. um so that we don't have to outsource it to somebody else out there to know that we are okay right um and and the way to do that is really to go back to look at all the things you were discarded for to write a list to look at all the things you were praised for and love bombed for and write a list and then to have a look at the negative beliefs that came out of that relationship and to debunk it because it's a projection. It is a projection. It's a projection. And then for those things that you were praised for, to be aware, well, actually, the narcissist, I, I do have those traits. Generally, there is an element of truth in those traits somewhere. Right. So looking at that and then 
claiming it back for yourself and saying, well, yes, actually, uh, I am very capable. Uh, yes, I am actually, I don't know, um, lovable or good at maths or whatever it was. But then sort of robbing, robbing the narcissist then, the inner, internal narcissist of, the, of that false false interject, that false critic that, that tells you lies in order to keep you in subservience mm. to the narcissist for the rest of your life, because that was always the plan. That is. And we've got to break you out of it. We've got to get you out of it. And we've got to say, no, these are the core beliefs that you took on. And we've got to get that cloak off of you. You don't want to wear that anymore because it's not yours. You've got to give it back. Right. And we're going to move you forward now so that you can be, you can be free and you can claim your, your own dignity and your own confidence. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks anymore. Because this is the justice that that that, that is is on offer, and and and, it, and that you deserve as well. Yes. And so um, it's very important, I believe, that it, this is a very difficult thing to do by yourself. You really do need somebody who um, can direct you, direct your thinking, because. Um, we have this cognitive dissonance. The cognitive dissonance keeps taking us back to our old way of thinking. And it's very difficult to change that. And I know when I work with my clients, it could be weeks and weeks, I'll say the same thing until it finally gels. Um, So what is your thought on that? Absolutely. I mean, the way I work, um, Randy, is with uh, hypnosis, so hypnotherapy. Um, you know, because these negative beliefs are in the subconscious. Um, and actually, like you say, we hold on to them uh, because they really, we believe it's what's keeping us safe. You know, we, we believe we've got to have, we've got to keep these beliefs because these are what kept us safe in childhood. Mm. But the thing is, they don't keep you safe in adulthood. They leave you frustrated and held back and depressed. Yes and anxious um and and so the work i do is that we we do go into the subconscious we look at the negative beliefs taken on by from your mother wound the negative beliefs taken on through the father wound because it's important this is a family system it's not just one um we look at your core negative belief because there's a deepest one and then we move through to releasing you from that paradigm that inner narcissist that inner critic we finally dethrone them on the subconscious level um and and it's it's powerful stuff it really really is but i do believe there has to be this work on the subconscious and the conscious right um not that working on the conscious isn't working on the subconscious it is but i think to to do it powerfully and, and quicker, let's use let's use everything available. Right. It's yeah. I mean, um, people who are hurting, who are suffering from this, think that 
you know, in many cases, they've tried um, therapy, psychotherapy, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, and they've gone for years and years, and the core has never been reached. Uh, yeah. So what people need to understand, I believe, is that if you work with someone who can, who knows how to access this, Yes, it happens very quickly. The release can happen very quickly, but you need a guide to help you because your mind keeps taking you back to an old way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And 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 especially in this, you know, you need somebody to call out the the lies to see them clearly um, and to be able to empathize truly with having a narcissistic parent, because if the person doesn't, or hasn't had that experience, I don't believe you can truly understand or feel what it's like uh, to be in that sort of toxic haze Impossible. in prison. You have to have lived it. There's no you way do. to learn it. I agree completely. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I've noticed that um, just like we, um, the words mother and father make us uh, create an illusion in our mind. It makes us think we're loved. So does the word family. Um, and mm. so in a family system where you have siblings, often, well, I should say more than often, probably most of the time, because of the triangulation you mentioned earlier, um, those siblings are put in their own corners. They're not allowed to, to mingle. They're not allowed to get close because they've been told things about each other and sworn to silence. So everybody's got some kind of weird opinion about the other person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I find that um, adult children of narcissistic abuse get very confused by this because they, they can't understand why their siblings don't have their back why their siblings are so cruel to them. And, and it's really kind of the same thing. Family, there is no such thing as a family in the, in the ways that we think of family. A narcissistic family, there's no cohesiveness. There's no loyalty. No. There's nothing. Everyone's trying to survive. And if you give up some mm -hmm. of your problems, another one jump, jumps in and tries to take them. Uh, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, if any? Yes, Randy, you know, it's, it's so painful that, you know, because with your siblings, you're brought up in the same, you know, with the same parents and, and you kind of think that that would bond you for life. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, like you say, it's a bit dog eat dog in, yeah. in a narcissistic family. You're set up to compete. Right. Um, you know, so you can't even trust your siblings a lot of the time. You know, you might be able to, you probably do have some fond memories or I don't know, you might be able to do some things together, but you can't trust. You can't trust because you, the underlying belief is that, and this is learned, that I've got to, I've got to, I've got to win. <laughs> And I don't care what I do to win. I've got to, I've got to almost sort of um, wish the demise of my brother and sister. 
in order to to be okay in order to survive so it's um it's a very very painful thing some brothers and sisters or you know brothers siblings rather they're able to work through it in later life they're able to come together and 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 unpack it but i find that that's very rare it's very rare. rare and you know even if they unpack it there's still always a level of um yeah they're holding back weariness right they're holding back they're not fully investing yes. in um yes. in that relationship because no. it can go wrong at any minute and it often does yeah. um so and they don't maybe it's hard to wish the greatest flourishing you know on the other <laughs> that that's something that siblings will will struggle with there's still that learned sense of gosh if they're flourishing it means i'm not mm -hmm. and and i've got to snatch i've got to snatch at things because it's so such limited supply limited supply that's exactly right mm -hmm. wow mm -hmm. um so is there anything else that you, um, any points that you wanted to make that, you know, we haven't covered yet? Is there anything else that you wanted to say? It's interesting when looking at addictions um, and, you know, the, the sort of parallels between love bombing and discard and addictions, you know, and I was thinking even of food addiction, how it's almost you can be love bombed by the parent with food um, and that food then becomes sort of the trigger to feeling love bombed. Um, right. And it can lead then later in life, you know, to turning to food as that source of oh, momentary relief right. uh, from the, the difficulties and challenges of, of life. That's so true. Um, oh, it's a moment of being loved by mum. She's feeding me. She wants me. She's thought of me. Um, so it's very much an addiction that we develop. Yeah. Very much an addiction, because drug addiction is the same way. And um, yeah. you know, when when we're loved, the endorphins mm -hmm. flow. They go off in our brain. You know, um, and we get we get reinforced. Um, we want that feeling, we like that feeling. And so drugs do the same thing, alcohol does the same thing. <clears throat> but it's so important as an adult to realize that you do not have um, coping mechanisms built into you that are maybe built into children in normal families. And so you really have yes. to build yourself from the ground up. Absolutely. And I think another area that I would like to explore a bit more myself, actually, is, is, you know, sure, we learn, we learn about what love, what we think love is um, from others, but also we learn how we're trained to give it in a certain way as well. So we learn that we have to give love bombing to show love to others mm. so so we learn that we've got to flatter and we've got to praise and we've got to do all of this to boost somebody else's ego mm -hmm. or esteem um and that's that's a way of showing them love 
um so, so it's 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 important also just to look at you know because we have you know adult children have grown up in this environment um where where that is what we're taught is is love and loving um so there's there's some work there to be done too i think in holding back from love bombing ourselves to to others it's so deep-seated so complicated so convoluted yeah. and um you know but the yeah. bottom line is it's it can be done and it doesn't take absolutely to do it if you're with the right practitioner yeah. absolutely and it's it, the most wonderful wonderful sense of liberation right mm. right i mean i know you and i could not do the work that we do had we yeah. not come out the other yes. side and exactly uh, and, but you have to completely come out the other side you've got to really work this stuff out until the point where you're yes. yeah where the brainwashing isn't happening anymore so um mm -hmm. christy you are a member of the british association for counseling and psychotherapy mm -hmm. and you are available for That's online right. therapy internationally and um, your email is yeah. christiana at psychologicalhealingcenter.com, right? No, it's not that one, actually, Randy. Oh, okay. um, it's my private one is christiana at delightinyou.com. Okay. That's D-E-L-I-G-H-T-I-N-U.com, all lowercase. Okay, you.com. Good. I'm glad that I asked you. Um, Thank you. And, and your website is, what is your website? Yes, I'm not I'm not really using my website that much at the moment. I'm more on Facebook, actually. So anyone's welcome to look me up on Facebook, Christiana uh, Davidson on, on Facebook. And I, I post daily on there. Um, and you can also book in for using a Calendly link uh, that's on my on my banner on Facebook. OK, um, OK. So that's probably the best way to to contact me. Contact you. It's truly amazing. I mean, you're you're in um the uk yes. i'm in america and we can do this and so it's the same way it's the same way with with treatment for this helping yes people. absolutely yes hypnotherapy works just as well online you Does know it? in fact i find it works better sometimes because people are more relaxed and you can be in your own home in your slippers in their own you don't have to mm -hmm. <laughs> yes i have a lot of people come you know that um I connect with on Zoom who are in bed and they apologize. And I'm like, no, no, a lot of people are in bed. <laughs> as long as you're not, it's fine. Right. It's the nature of this, um, this new kind of way of communicating. Well, I want to thank you so much, Christy, for um, being my guest again. Everything that you have to say is so powerful. Um, and you say it in a way that is so easy to grasp, which is um especially wonderful i know that anyone listening to this will have an insight that they may not have had in the past including me thank you <laughs> you are likewise with me yeah i know thank you whatever comes up so thanks so much we'll do this again with another incredible topic and great. Um, have a great day thanks randy thank you so much for having me back <laughs> you're very welcome